Good morning, boys and girls. So if you remember from yesterday's main lesson at the end of the day, we listened to just a short bit of the story of the King of Ireland's son, where the King of Ireland's son broke into the enchanter of the Black Backlands' home. And he tricked him and told him that he was training to be an apprentice, right? And that his wish was to marry one of the king's daughters. And it sounds to me like one of the king's daughters is being really, really kind to the king of Ireland's son. In fact, at one point, she even helped him and fed him and gave him a warm place to sleep and woke him early in the morning before her father would find out what she had done. The other thing we learned from just that short bit we read the day before was about the King of Ireland's son's very first task. And if you remember, the King of the Black Backlands gave him a task to complete in which he had to catch the white-footed fawn. It sounds like the King of Ireland's son felt that this was a really difficult task to complete, but the King of the Back Black Lands, or the Enchanter of the Black Back Lands, sorry, didn't really think it was so difficult to complete at all. And I have a feeling she may help him with this task. We'll have to wait and see. She put down bread and meat and wine, and they sat down, and he ate and drank. I thought he might set you this task, she said, and so I brought you something from my father's store of enchanted things. Here are the shoes of swiftness. With these on your feet, you can run down, white, you can run down the white foot fawn, but you must catch her before she has gone very far. Remember that she must be brought in when the goats are going into their shelter at sunset. You will have to walk back, for all the time you must keep hold of her silver horns. Hasten now, run her down with the shoes of swiftness, and then lay hold of her horns. Above all things, Whitefoot dreads the loss of her silver horns. He thanked Fidelma, he put on the shoes of swiftness, and he went into the wood. Now he could go as fast as the eagles fly, and he found Whitefoot the fawn drinking at the raven's pool in no time at all. When she saw him, she went from thicket to thicket. The shoes of swiftness were hardly any use to him in the shut-in places. At last he beat her from the last of the thickets. It was the hour of noontide then. There was a clear plain before them, and with the shoes of swiftness, he ran her down. There were tears in the fawn's eyes, and he knew she was troubled with the dread of losing her silver thorn horns. He kept his hands on the horns, and they went back over miles of plain and pasture, bog, and woods. The hours were going quicker than they were going. 
When he came within the domain of the enchanter of the black-back lands, he saw the goats going quickly before him. They were hurrying from their pastures to the goat shelter, one stopping, maybe, to bite the top of a hedge, and another giving this one a blow with her horns to hurry them along. By your silver horns, we must go faster, said the king of Ireland's son to the fawn. They went more quickly then. He saw the enchanter of the black back lands waiting at the goat house, now counting the goats that came along and looking at the sun. When he saw the king of Ireland's son coming with his capture, he was so angry that he struck an old full-bearded goat that had stopped to rub itself. The goat reared up and struck him with his horns. Well, said the enchanter of the black back lands, you have performed your first task, I see. You are a greater enchanter than I thought you were. Whitefoot the fawn can go in with my goats. Go back now to your own sleeping place. Tomorrow I'll come to you early and give you your second task. The king of Ireland's son went back and into the dry water tank. He was tired with his day's journey after the whitefoot fawn. It was his hope that Fidelma would come to him and give him shelter for the night once more. Until the white moon rose above the trees, until the hounds went out hunting for themselves, until the foxes came down and hid in the hedges, waiting for the cocks and hens to stir out at the first light. So long did the king of Ireland's son stay huddled in the dry water tank. By that time, he was stiff and sore and hungry. He saw a great white owl flying toward the tank. The owl perched on the edge and stared at the king's son. Have you a message for me? he asked. The owl shrugged with its wings three times. He thought that meant a message. So he got out of the tank and prepared to follow the owl. It flew slowly and near the ground, so he was able to follow it along a path through the wood. The king's son thought the owl was bringing him to a place where Fidelma was, and that he would get food there and shelter for the rest of the night. And sure enough, the owl flew to a little house in the wood. The king's son looked through the window and he saw a room lit with candles and a table with plates and dishes and cups with bread and meat and wine. And he saw at the fire a young woman spinning at a spinning wheel and her back was toward him and her hair was the same as Fidelma's. He lifted the latch of the door and went very joyfully into the little house. But when the young woman at the spinning wheel turned around, he saw that it was not Fidelma at all. This woman had a little mouth and a long hooked nose and her eyes looked crossways at a person. The thread she was spinning, she bit with her long teeth, and she said, You are welcome here, prince. Who are you? 
asked the king of Ireland's son. Aether is my name, she said. I am the eldest and the wisest daughters of the enchanter of the Blackback Lands. My father is preparing a task for you, she said. And it will be a terrible task, and there will be no one here to help you with it. So you will lose your head surely. And what I would advise you to do is to escape out of this country at once. The king of Ireland's son gulped. And how can I escape? Mm, there is only one way to escape, she said. And that is for you to take the slight red steed that my father has secured under nine locks. That steed is the only creature that can bring you to your own country. I will show you how to get it. And then I will ride to your home with you. Then why should you do that? Said the King of Ireland's son. Because I would marry you, said Aetha. But, said the King of Ireland's son, if I live at all, Fidelma is the one I will marry. No sooner did he say these words than Apha screamed out loud, Seize him and my catto the mountain! Seize him and hold him! Then the cat o the mountain that was under the table sprang across the room and fixed himself onto the King of Ireland's shoulders. The son of the King of Ireland ran out of the house. All the time he was running, the cat o the mountain was trying to tear his eyes out. He made his way through the woods and thickets, and mighty glad he was when he saw the tank at the gable end of the house. The cat o the mountain dropped from his back then. He got into the tank and waited and waited and waited. But no message from Fidelma came. He was a long time there. Stiff, sore, and hungry. Before the sun rose and the enchanter of the black back lands finally came out of his house. I hope you got a good night's rest, said the enchanter of the black back lands, when he came to where the king of Ireland's son was crouched. Just at the rising of the sun. I had indeed, said the king's son, and I suppose you feel fit for another task said the enchanter of the black back lands. More fit than ever in my life before, said the king of Ireland's son. The enchanter of the black back lands took him past the goat house and to where there was an open shelter for his beehives. I want this shelter thatched, he said, and I want to have it thatched with the feathers of birds. Go and get enough feathers of wild birds and come back and thatch the beehive shelter for me and let it be do done before the setting of the sun. He gave the King of Ireland's son arrows and a bow and a bag to put the feathers in and advised him to search the moor for birds. Then he went back to his house. The King of Ireland's son ran to the moor and watched for birds to fly across. At last one came. He shot at it with an arrow but did not bring it down. He hunted the moor all over, but found no other bird. 
He hoped that he would see Fidelma before his head was taken off. Then he heard his name called, and he saw Fidelma coming toward him. She looked at him as before, with dread in her eyes, and asked him what task her father had set before him this time. A terrible task, he said, and he told her what it was. Fidelma laughed. I can help you with this one. Sit down now and eat and drink from what I have brought you. He sat down and ate and drank, and he felt hopeful seeing Fidelma beside him. When he had eaten, Fidelma said, My blue falcon will gather the birds and pull the feathers off for you. Still, unless you gather them quickly, there is danger, for the roof must be thatched with feathers at the set of the sun. She whistled and her blue falcon came, and once again he followed it across the moor. The blue falcon flew up in the air and gave a bird call, and birds gathered, and she swooped amongst them, pulling feathers off their backs and out of their wings. Soon there were heaps of feathers on the ground, pigeons' feathers and pies' feathers, cranes and crows, blackbirds and starlings and cowbirds. The king of Ireland's son quickly gathered them into his bag. The falcon flew to another place and gave her bird call again. The birds gathered and she went amongst them, plucking their feathers. The king of Ireland's son gathered them, and the blue falcon flew to yet another place. Over and over again, the blue falcon called to the birds and plucked out their feathers. And over and over again, the king's son gathered them into his bag. When he thought he had feathers enough to thatch the roof, he ran back to the shelter. He began the thatching, binding, by binding the feathers down with little willow rods. He had just finished when the sun went down. The old enchanter came up, and when he saw what the king's son had done, he was greatly surprised. You surely learned from the wizard you were apprenticed to, he said, but tomorrow, I will try you with another task. Go now and sleep in the place where you were last night. The king's son, glad that his head was still on his shoulders, went and lay down in the water tank. <laughs>